Most studio owners decide to open their fitness and wellness businesses because they want to help people and add more meaning to their lives. Their heart is in the right place, they're great people, but scaling a profitable business that feels incredible to own and run is trickier than ever before. So where they get stuck is no one's ever shown them how to run a wildly successful business without the overwhelm and the chaos. Plus, they're doing it all alone. Until now. Welcome to the Geronimo Unfiltered Podcast for ambitious boutique studio owners who are allergic to average and know they're capable of more. They're just missing the how. I'm Dozer, your host, CEO and founder of the Geronimo Academy, and together with my crew and my community of owners and managers who are the doers and the implementers, we are on a mission to pioneer a better way to own and operate a health and fitness business while building a life you love, not hate. So if you're ready to push the boundaries, level up your money, meaning and impact, and stop doing it alone, then you're in the right place. This is going to be raw and unfiltered, zero bullshit. So take a deep breath, strap yourselves in, and let's get fucking started. Welcome back to the Geronimo Unfiltered Podcast. I'm Dozer, your host. And Ben as well. So, what if you could earn $1,000 an hour for at least one hour a day? That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. I'll do it. If you listened to last week's episode, you know the cost of you doing shit that isn't moving the needle forward is costing you way more than you think it is, right? Mm -hmm. So, how do you delegate so that people take out of shit, they do the thing, and they do it better than you would do yourself? So, yeah, we, we spoke about the trip matrix last week. So, yeah, delegation is about getting tasks off your plate that other people can do better than you, more efficiently than you, cheaper than you, so you can spend more time in your genius zone, your Beyonce zone. Love the sound of that. Yeah. But, okay, this is what I hear, okay? But I'm a perfectionist. Oh, are you? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it doesn't take that long. I'll just do it anyway. And you and I don't know. Yeah, that's, well, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, it's easy for me to do. I might as well just, you know, just stop. Yeah. Yeah. But how do I delegate? Does that mean I'm going to spend my entire life writing SOPs? Mm, no. No. Good. And there's a really easy way to do that. In fact, you're probably really doing it right now. Mm -hmm. You just don't even realize you're missing the one thing. But anyway, the first thing I want to mention is a big mindset shift here, which is nothing great in the world ever happened without a team. Spot on. So nothing special about you, particularly in your small business. There is absolutely no reason why you should be doing probably half the shit you're doing, but we're going to show you how to get it off your plate properly. Okay. Because smart operators are spending less time in the weeds and more time doing shit with high impact, high leverage, and that quadrant two, right? Which is the important, but not urgent. Mm. And the more time we spend in that quadrant two, that's some boss level shit right there. Hell yeah. Okay. So that's the stuff that really moves a needle. Most people make $1,000 or more per hour for a few minutes here and there mm -hmm. in their business, okay? Multiple times a day is where we need to get to. So the money is earned during a few key moments during the week, but most people are completely unaware of this. Mm -hmm. Income in our business, is what we talk about, has very little to do with what we're doing most hours of the day, but it's got everything to do with how we handle the mission critical, like the minutes and the blocks throughout the week. Because otherwise what happens is like, do you remember when we used to get to Fridays and go, where's the week on? Where the fuck? What are we done? What did yeah. we actually do this week? Yeah. And most small business owners in particular, because it's, mate, like it was us for so long, right? Mm. Most small business owners who are, and I say this with love, kind of accidental entrepreneurs, accidental managers, accidental leaders. It's not like there's been massive amount of formal training to get them to the point of all that. We want this episode to have enough power that someone could just listen to this episode, grab the frameworks, and then massively improve their business and their life and their income from it. Yeah? So let's let's try and nail that. But 
Most small business owners waste large bands of time in low-value activities in the weeds. I've been asking our owners probably for the last four weeks, just like run me through the sort of stuff. And I'm talking, they're still million-dollar studios. Mm. They're still, you know, $1.3 million, $1.4 million, $800,000, like nine hundred, like the high six figures. And obviously the ones just starting out, which is excusable, I feel like. And on average, on average, most owners spend about two days of the week on $10-an-hour tasks. That's massive. Still. Yeah. Still. Mm. And I'll tell you why. I don't blame them because we were there because it always seems urgent. It always seems important, but it's not actually critically important. So I want the audience to listen in on this and think of your typical day. Think of your typical week. Where are you getting stuck on shit? And we talk about laughter, but the stuff you don't want to do, but also stuff that's low value stuff. Now, let's paint a picture as if it was, if you guys can imagine a table and we'll have the table up on the website or in the show notes so you guys can kind of reference yourself against it. But let's go through four different categories so you can do a bit of a time order just to give you a sense of how much it's worth you getting the delegation skill right. Yeah, let's do it. Let's start at the bottom. Let's talk about this $10 task. Okay. Okay. So what's a $10 task? Processing cancellations, processing suspensions, running reports in Mind, Body, Glow, Fox, whatever fucking gym software you're using, chasing payments, emails, processing admin, general admin, speaking with unqualified prospects. Dude, you and I both know, a multi-studio owner, we love him dearly, we love how coachable he is, uh, and he's done incredibly well, just can't wrap his head around. Like, yeah, scheduling and, yeah, the shit like that. Yeah. Because it only takes a 50 Yeah, no, nah, it's, it's two minutes of my day. Well, yeah, it could be two minutes of someone else's day. And look, the reason these are a $10 task is because you, know, you can get someone to do this for $10 an hour, so you can use a virtual assistant or something like that. That's why we say $10 tasks. So let me give you uh, a 10 times pay rise right now. Oh, let's do it. You tell me, what's a $100 an hour task? Like talking to a qualified prospect, someone who's going to actually pay you money. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a $100 task or more. You know, problem solving with, with your members, like doing a survey and finding out what's happening in the studio right now. What can I address right now? Yeah. Which might mitigate some cancellations. Okay. What comes to your mind? I reckon it's getting to the point where you are actually outsourcing the $10 ones, mm. right? So coming up with a bit of a playbook to like never have to look at that $10 task. Because again, I reckon that's a $100 an hour job. Yeah. And not just those $10 tasks, but yeah, like that playbook for your team as well, yes. right? So taking yourself out of the shifts, mm. for example. Mm. Do you want another pay rise? Oh, please. What's next after $100? $1,000 an hour. Now we're talking. Okay. Right. $1,000 an hour task. Prioritizing, like this is planning, right? So prioritizing your month, week, and day with the two filters of make more money mm-hmm. and lights you up, like energy. Okay. Everyone makes the mistake of just working their to-do list based on tasks. I'm telling you right now, put another filter on it, which is energy and your life will change. Yep. Writing good sales or value content to your inactive list, your members, doing like content that will reach your market and build a massive funnel of, you know, interested prospects. Mm. I reckon that's a thousand dollar an hour time. Yeah, definitely. Developing your team, team bonding sessions, team one-on-ones, like how you are developing your team, because up until a certain amount of members, and we reckon it's about that 150 mark. Yep, you get hustle way to 150, but you need the team to step in after that. Correct. Everyone hustles their way to 150, but after 150, your product is actually your people. Mm. Not the fucking skier. Yeah. And look, there's a bit of an intersection with a couple of these. So we've talked about planning out. So planning out your days and your weeks and your months and your year, getting your team around that planning and those goals and that vision, because otherwise it's just numbers on a spreadsheet. Yeah. And that's how you multiply, right? 
at the thousand dollar an hour, you now become a multiplier. Mm-hmm. You're not just a doer. You are multiplying capacity. You're multiplying capacity with your team and bringing them along the journey. That's probably the gap that we see, right? Like most studio owners, they're just in the doing and even the top ones. It's still a lot of time doing. The ones that make the shift, the happier ones, the more successful ones, and the ones that are always actually available to come to the coaching sessions that we do or the events that we chuck on or God forbid, like Gary V comes to Sydney in a couple of weeks' time, who could actually go with it? Mm. Well, the ones that have mastered how they've given their pay rise from $100 an hour to $1,000 an hour and doing more planning. Otherwise, they don't even know what they're building. Yeah. We see a lot of owners stuck in that $100 per hour or even that $10 per hour segment. Boy, I reckon I've got another pay rise in me. One more? Yeah. Surely not $10,000. Surely not. $10,000 an hour job. All right. Hit me. $10,000 an hour. All right. So if you listen to this, Think about how much of your week you're spending doing any of these three things. Okay, first one is honing your positioning in market, honing your USP, your unique selling proposition versus your local competitors. Mm. How much time are you spending actually mapping out like a chessboard or like a war game, like where you sit in the market versus everyone else and honing that and crafting offers and testing offers and doing all that kind of stuff. Isn't it good enough just to get the new ski though? <laughs> Unfortunately not. The second one is developing partnerships and joint ventures with local sources of bulk memberships and revenue, i.e. schools, sports teams, corporates. And I don't mean doing this instead of the -the run-of-the-mill bread and butter sales that you normally do, because I think that's what we see. That's the mistake. That's, Mm. That's the warning here, right, is that people often distract themselves from knowing the basics and they'll try and run down the street and try and sign up a corporate but you haven't actually got anyone turning up through your regular acquisition funnel anyway. So I would nail that first. And get your team to do it as well. Team to do it. That would be the killer move. So yeah, so developing partnerships and joint ventures with other revenue streams, like building your revenue streams in your business. The third thing is actually doing your dashboard, knowing your numbers back to front and executing on priorities. Executing on priorities. Have you ever heard of the Pareto Principle? Oh, I have, yeah. It's 80-20 principles is another name for it, right? Yeah. So 80% of the results come from 20% of your efforts, Mm -hmm. essentially. And the flip side, right? Yes. 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 So the typical small business owner spends the great majority of their time in the trivial low value stuff, the $10 an hour, the $100 an hour, and only occasionally, sometimes, even by accident, will dip into the thousand. Yeah. I think you can actually run the 80-20 on the 80-20, right? So the version of that would be, if you are doing some of those $1,000 tasks, you run the 80-20 on that, and that's where you get to those $10,000 tasks. Right. Okay. So, if you just listen to that, and if you're looking at this table, we went through the $10 an hour ones, the $100 an hour ones, the $1,000 an hour ones, and the $10,000 an hour ones. Dude, let's help this guy. How do you move from the first column towards the right one? Okay. So, this is all about delegation. You've got to delegate to your team, and there's a way to delegate as mm-hmm. well. Okay? So, and look, this is not about writing a 57-page SOP every time you need to document something and train your team. Mm-hmm. There's a really easy way to do it. Okay? Yeah. The basic way to do it is do it once yourself and film yourself doing it. Record a loom, use your phone, whatever you need to do, take a screenshot on your laptop. Just actually do the task yourself once and document it like that. And that's perfect for anyone that sits there and says, which is a limiting belief, mind you, love you guys, but like I'm checking you on this, I don't have time to delegate. It's like, fuck, you're doing it anyway. You know, just record yourself doing it and you're halfway there. And look, a mindset thing around that as well is like, if your level's awesome or perfection, 
if someone can get you 80% of the way there, that's 100% awesome, right? And you don't have to do it. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, just film the task, get it done, and then hand it off to someone and watch them do it with them. Okay. So it's an I go, then it's a we go, and then it's a you go. Yeah. And then from that point on, you know, just maybe once a week until you're fully confident, just do a bit of an inspection on that process to make mm. sure that it is at the standard that you expect. Okay. How do you know what to delegate? Okay. So going back to last episode, we spoke about the drip matrix. Okay. So is any of those $10 tasks, is any of the tasks that like you shouldn't be doing because it's holding you back on on your Beyonce zone and your investment zone. Okay. So think about the $10 task. Think about the ones that aren't lighting you up in terms of energy. Think about the tasks that are low dollar, low return tasks that you can outsource to someone else. Anything repetitive. Anything repetitive, yeah. Is a process mm-hmm. that can be documented and someone else can do it. Yeah. We need to get into the zone where we only do what only we can do. Mm. Yeah, as owners, right? I'm talking to you guys as owners. Okay, so that is identifying what to delegate as the repetitive task, as non-core tasks, and tasks where someone else in the organization can actually have more expertise around that. How do you choose the right people to delegate to? All right, so like working out who to delegate to, look around the team, look around who's available and like look at their skill sets and look what actually matches to the task, you know? Do they get the task, do they have the capacity and do they actually want to do it? Mm. And if they've got those three core attributes, I'd suggest delegating to them. And, and delegation can be used um, as a career progression tool as well. You know, we've, yeah, we've been working with you know, some of our VAs who are with us now in Geronimo. They started with us in the studio. Their job was just the process the cancels in mind body. Yeah. And now they're automating CRMs, they're building landing pages. Like these guys- Shout out to yeah, the big crew. Yeah. Shout out to the big love crew. you guys. It blows my mind what they can do, but they didn't go from A to Z. They went from A to B to C to D. Over time, just put more delegating and layering on more responsibilities. And they've grown with us. Correct. With us when we had one studio. They were with us when we went from one to two. What a clusterfuck that was. We should talk about that. That's another episode, yep. And then they've been with us with like the whole Geronimo thing. Oh, yeah. So- the team's grown, they've grown, they're doing shit and they never thought they could. Mm. They're doing shit we never thought they could. Mm. We just keep asking them, can you do this? You figure this out. <laughs> Yesterday, they were playing with AI, putting stuff through transcripts, uploading, like phenomenal. Amazing. So would you delegate something important like making sales to Johnny who does three shifts a week and he's got four other jobs? No, if it's critical. like something, That's the capacity thing. Right? That's, the capac- that's the capacity thing. Yeah, absolutely. So- Three shift Johnny, like there is something you can delegate to him, right? right. And that's going to really help with the team alignment. We're not saying don't delegate to everyone, like, but there is going to be a sweet spot of what three shift Johnny can do. Mm. But it's more around looking around who has that capacity and who's an A player that you can develop as well. The other thing as well here too, team, I want you to get to know this concept called strength-based leadership, okay? When we had our studio team, we gave our team the identity of the Avengers. And that is because if you look around the Avengers as like a team, it was very specific what their superpower was. Mm. And in leadership and in management, there are so many companies all around the world that waste too much time and too much energy and too much friction on trying to fix people, trying to make people good at shit they're not naturally good at. So adopt a strength-based leadership approach with your team and I'll save you a lot of heartache and I'll save you a lot of people leaving you if you just worked on giving them what they were already good at and giving them a bit more of that and developing their strength. Why don't we tell everyone like what our Avengers were like so they get an idea of the crew we had at the time and what we got them to do Okay, and what we're able to get them to do, right? Okay, so there was Vicky. Yeah. Vicky was a bit of a space cadet. Straight out of But he ran a really tight session, okay? So how did your brain work for like delegating what Vicky could do? Bicky was, yeah, whenever he went anywhere near a sale, whenever he went anywhere near a rollover, we would call him Pearl Harbor because he just bonked. 
he just bombed, right? It was like, oh God, it was like watching a car accident. But he was like, he ran the best session and he ran a show. So Vicky, your job is to run the best show you can. And then we made sure that every time we did the rosters, we didn't just design a roster for those that were available. We designed an experience. So we would always partner Vicky with someone that was a converter. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we had the show and the converter, and we delegated the conversion to the converter. And that was so at the time. That was so for the yep. time. Yep. So yeah, and we had a big target, a big sales number, but everyone had their roles to play in the Avengers. So who else is there? Well, well, a couple of names we won't mention. Okay. It was yeah, like yeah, Swan Dog. Yeah, Swan Dog was in there. What was his role? Swan Dog's role was yeah, he, was, he obviously wasn't the most technical trainer. He wasn't the most you know a bit socially awkward. But what he did have was he had an ability. He was the most analytical trainer that we had, and he also had a background in rehab and prehab. So Swan Dog would run a value add for our members, which was some mobility stuff back before anyone was starting to do mobility on the side of their gyms. So we used to run that session on the Wednesdays. We used to call it like Wobbly Wednesdays or something like that. And he was analytical, right? So what we did was we got Swanee to help us build a pre-season training block that we shopped to the local rugby teams and got them to buy it. Boom. So then all of a sudden, we weren't just a normal hit studio. We ran pre-season training for male and female rugby teams at the Sydney University and helped the female team go back to back to back rugby premierships. And I didn't know how to freaking write a strength and conditioning training block. He did. And I didn't mind the sessions. He did. Do you remember that time when I actually started to put myself through a cert three? You went, what are you fucking doing? I went, actually, no. I thought I should do the cert three. It's like, no, you fucking shouldn't. So we sorted that out pretty quickly. Yeah. And I think the last one that came to mind was Pip. And Pip, she looked the part. She looked like the trainer. But her, yeah, her life circumstances at the time, I think she was moving out of an apartment and she wanted to get a better house. So she was like, how can I make some more money, guys? And you're like, perfect. Here's the sales script. Give this a go. She's like, I'm not a salesperson, but just give it a try, Pip. And she became an absolute sales weapon. She became an absolute sales weapon and she earned more money from the commissions than she did through the training shifts. And she was there full time, like she was doing full time training. And it was enough money to move her and her boyfriend from a shithole in Sydney on the Pig Park to on the water in Balmain. And she was the first person that I taught how to do the sales. And I delegated that because I couldn't do it anymore. It was $100 task to me at the moment. I needed to go and build the next thing mm. for so, us. Yeah. So we had the team in front of us was Vicky, who was doing a couple of shifts here and there. There was Swanee, who wasn't a great trainer, but like had this, all this like intellect and this other X factor. This other X factor. There was Soph, who was great at rolling people over, but like, you know, session wise, Vicky was the man. And there was Pip, who was a good trainer, but she didn't even know what she needed to do. She didn't even know she was capable of doing sales. And we sort of combined them together. We had a salesperson, we had a roller person, we had a session person, we had Swanee with the X factor. And, and all that together, yeah, when those guys worked together, I think we put 60 members on in a month or something. Like there was some crazy target that we hit as a team. Yeah. But that's just a perfect example of like you get your raw materials and then like, you know, these people that have got raw talent and then it's like just honing their strengths and sharpening their saw. And now it's all about growth opportunities, increasing their capacity and increasing their value to you as a company. That was awesome. So we've gone through some effective delegation process, right? So identifying clearly what is expected what does good look like i think is super important mm-hmm. so many studio owners that we met they go i've tried to delegate this and it just came straight back to me and then we go speak to the manager and they're like no idea what they want no one told me about this yeah. i did no idea what they wanted me to do it was completely unclear i'm trying to read it through like an email thread somewhere what the fuck do you want me to do here yeah so, what, what does good look like or what does done look like either all it's something that i need to get better at so one thing that i we got to set as a rule, and like we had to set this in Geronimo because I was totally the key at this, which was sloppy passes. Can I tell them? Yeah, yeah. 
So those will go, oh, guys, I've got a really good idea, blah, 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 And then you walk out the door and everyone will be looking at each other going, hold on, what are we doing? Who's, who's doing it? Will you speak to us? And then like, uh, who's going to ask him to like repeat himself? And then he'd come back a week later and he goes, where's that thing well, I told you guys about? What thing? I briefed you last week. Oh, and we're like, oh shit, that was a briefing? <laughs> Sloppypass.com, we call that. Oh, I had to work on that. And how we got that idea was one of our mentors, Sharan, had mm. a dinner with Tom Brady. That's right. Do you remember? Yeah. And they asked Tom Brady at the dinner, what was the key to the success of that particular team throughout all those seasons? Was it like bigger players, stronger players, more technical playbooks? And he said, no, the biggest thing was it was the pass from him to his receivers. The thing that he worked on the most was no sloppy passes. Because that was where it moved from like the sender to the receiver. I want to delegate to the person that's about to be delegated to. And it's that sloppy pass is where things fail. Yeah. Now, if you get that pass right, bang, touchdown. Fucking Super Bowls. So, yes, you need to create a playbook, okay? And like Benny said, the easiest way to do that, especially if you're so busy, is to record yourself doing it the very next time you do it and hand it off. Now, the killer move here is, instead of you writing the SOPs. Ooh, I don't to say. What we got thought by our man, Dan, was you record the video and from an active listening practice, you get the receiver to write get the SOP. The SOP and the checklist to make sure that before it gets published or before the completion of that task is done, they can check it off and just go, yeah, I've done that, I've done that, I've done that. Boom. Now you got a fucking playbook. Done. Now you got it. Yep. And then you just keep adding pages. You just keep adding pages to it. And this is what we do, right? So everything will Friday, I'm going to hand off one more thing. So by the end of the year, you've got 50 fucking pages playbooks, yeah. in your playbook yep. of all the shit you don't want to do anymore. That's a real hard artifact that you can point towards at Christmas time and go, fucking boss. Yeah. Yeah. Things feel different. Yeah. yeah. And like you can use sort of situational opportunities. Like Sophie recently went away. And that was a great opportunity for her, like, you know, hand over to someone a lot of her tasks. And she playbooked a lot. Any um, delegation mistakes to avoid, apart from sloppy passes, does? Yeah, I reckon so. Micromanaging. Mm -hmm. We see it all the time. We hear about it all the time. You don't need to micromanage. I reckon a mistake is not checking in with the person. Not checking in with the person, particularly a new recruit. Right? If you brought someone in new to do the thing and you delegated some staff, big mistake is they've left them alone. And they're just going to expect them to kind of like pop up and like ask questions if they run into problems. No, you've got to have twice a day check-ins or at least every day check-ins. Even if they're five-minute scrums, just to make sure that they're all good yeah. and they understand anything and letting them know. I think another big mistake is not normalizing, what do you call them? The dumb, dumb questions. Dum-dums. Yeah. You can ask me any question, especially the dumb, dumb ones. Like we celebrate dumb, dumb questions so that people feel comfortable in psychological safety to ask those questions. I reckon like unclear instructions is rife in sport businesses, right? Unclear instructions, that's a massive mistake because shit in, shit out. Really simple. And then uh, another one is not trusting the team. you got to back your team. They're there. They're working for you, right? Why would you not back your team? Why would you have a team that you don't back? But look, it's a common thing. We hear it all the time. Yeah. Like, I, can't, I can't trust the team. So Not checking in, I've mentioned, and not open to hearing a better way. Mm. One of the things we love the most, because we're not, we don't have ego as leaders, right? Well, we've got some good ego around it, but one of the things we hear a lot, in fact, I had a call just this week with someone that was hired by one of our owners mm. and said, they're not open to hearing about a better way to do this. Right. Whenever I mention, whenever I suggest a better way to do it, they're just like, no, no, oh, this is how this we, the do way we do it. This is, this is the way we do it. Even if it saves 40% of the work, 40% mm. of the team's work, which is 40% of costs. What I'd love you to do 
is I'd love you to listen to last week's episode and this week's episode and bring together your game plan of what you should have by now is a list of your highlight reel, your low light reel, and the stuff that you don't need to do anymore. You grab those and start with one thing a week. I reckon just one week. Just start with one week. One thing a week and start to delegate using everything that we've mentioned there. And I reckon with a few more weeks to go, like a few more weeks of handing stuff off and replacing that time with $100 and $1,000, $1,000, like give yourself a frigging pay rise, a thousand bucks an hour, you're welcome. Then I reckon you're going to start to build a business you love, a life that you love, make more impact, have more freedom, make more money, totally guilt-free. So in this episode, we've gone through how to delegate, identifying who to delegate to, choosing the right people, the effective process to delegate, mistakes to avoid, and we've gone through a whole bunch of examples. So I'd love to hear from you on how you're actually implementing this. Please don't just listen to this and scroll to the next one. Do it. Do it for a few weeks and then come back to us with- And let us know what $1,000 house you managed to to tick off this month. That'd be awesome. Let us know that you guys have a pay rise. And if you know anyone else that could benefit from this episode, please share it with them as well because we'd love to know that this is actually impacting the listeners of this podcast as well. That's huge. With that, love you lots and we'll see you in the next- See you next time. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If something resonated with you, then do one of two things. Either leave a review or send this episode to a mate who's in the industry who might need to hear this. But if you want more right now because your head might be spinning and you're like, all right, those, that what the hell do I do right now? Then in the show notes, you'll find a link to where you can book in for a free 15-minute checkup on your studio where we get to have a look at how you're going right now and where some of the kind of quick win opportunities are to get you moving faster. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And if you're listening to this right now, I want you to know that I love you, I appreciate you, I'm grateful for you, and I'm in your corner. You are on the right track, and I believe in you. So keep going, and I'll see you next week.